Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were there with him pursued him, and on finding him, said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose I have come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever prayed for something and not gotten it? Perhaps you've prayed fervently, even passionately, to God for something, only to be disappointed. If you have, you're not alone. This is a common experience, and it can come with some very unfortunate implications for those whose faith may not be as strong. There are those who find themselves with a sick or injured loved one, and they decide that they're finally willing to reach out to God to give him a chance. Okay, God, they'll say, I'm ready for you to do something for me. If you do, I'll believe. And when they don't get what they ask for, there's tremendous disappointment. That glimmer of faith that they had for a moment, it's extinguished, and they go on in a life of unbelief. We who have faith appreciate that God is still in that moment, but people without faith will often turn to God for a miracle when a miracle just isn't in his plan, and they see it as proof that God doesn't exist. What do we say to such people? Well, today's readings offer us some helpful insight. Let's begin by pulling back a bit and reflecting upon why Jesus became incarnate in the first place. Some will say that he came to show us by example what it means to be a good person, and there's some truth to this. Some will say that he came to miraculously heal the sick and the lame, and there's some truth to this as well. After all, his miracles are some of the most memorable parts of his three-year public ministry. Why? Well, because they hit home for us. When we hear of Jesus curing people, we can easily relate to how it would feel to be a part of such a miracle, whether we ourselves were healed or someone we love. But the primary reason that he came was not to give us an example of being a good person or to offer miraculous healings. No, Jesus came for our salvation. He came to overcome the sin of Adam and Eve and to offer us a path to eternal life in heaven with God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. His true mission is much bigger than any illness or problem that we may experience here on earth. His mission is clearly stated in his very first words from the Gospel of Mark when he says, This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. Whenever Jesus did perform a miracle cure, it was always in support of his greater mission of helping people to repent and believe for their salvation. The cures that he performed weren't an end in themselves, they were a means to an end. This is affirmed in today's gospel. 
Take a moment and picture the scene in your mind. After sunset on the Sabbath, we're told that the whole town of Capernaum was there at the door of the house of Peter. Now, it's been estimated that Capernaum in the time of Jesus was a town of about 1,500 people. Imagine that many people gathered outside the door, with Jesus going about healing anyone in need. He would have been like a rock star. And when they finally left late into the night, there's probably still a buzz over the town because of all that had happened. But, did Jesus take time to soak it all in? No, he rose early in the morning and went to a deserted place to pray. And when Peter found him, he said, Everyone's looking for you. No doubt people from neighboring towns had heard that Jesus was carrying the sick, and they had come to see him and to be healed as well. But what did Jesus say? He said, No, let's move on to other towns. I've come to preach the good news. So it's important for us to keep in mind that his miracle cures, including those we hear about today, were only one aspect of his greater mission to help people to repent and believe. But for those people who have little or no faith, their entire experience of God can be shaped by that tragedy or illness of their loved one, and they're unable to understand their loss in the context of the greater mission of our Lord to bring them and their loved one to their salvation. If we truly wish to repent and believe, we must accept the fact that not all of our prayers are answered as we would like them to be. Not everyone who gets sick is cured. St. Paul had some sort of ailment that impacted him, and he tells us that three times he prayed for God to heal him, but God would not. In the end, he realized that his weakness was what ultimately gave him strength, and he embraced his suffering. We also have a far more profound example of a prayer for relief from suffering that was not answered as hoped and that is Jesus himself. In his agony at the Garden of Gethsemane the night before his crucifixion, he asked God, Father, if you will take this cup away from me. Jesus didn't want to suffer. But what came next is what makes the example of our Savior so profound. He then said, Still, not my will, but yours be done. And what was the Father's will for Jesus? That he helped people to repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus' death and his ultimate resurrection would go on to be the greatest witness of all time to people to do just that, to repent and believe. He, the Son of God, showed us by example that there's a bigger picture that goes beyond our suffering. So, if Jesus' ultimate mission was to show us the way to our salvation, how did he do it? His approach was innovative, and it was fresh. He cured people of their diseases for sure. He raised the dead to new life. He preached. He fulfilled the prophecies. He ultimately turned simple bread and wine into his very body and blood through the mystery of the Eucharist. All of these things were done in support of his true mission to bring salvation. We too need to be innovative in our ministries as his disciples, especially at work, where we often have to be careful about how we tell people the good news. We need to be crafty, always looking for opportunities to share our faith within the confines of the places where we work. In fact, a spirit of innovation is one of the six good habits that Archbishop Vigneron calls out in Unleash the Gospel. He says this, The rapidly changing cultural situation in which we find ourselves requires that we think in new and creative ways. We need to be willing to jettison some old structures that no longer work and to experiment with new ones. As St. Paul tried different missionary strategies in different settings, so we need to be innovative, flexible, adaptable, unafraid to make mistakes, and willing to learn from the good ideas of others. If we look at Jesus' ministry through this lens, we see that he was indeed working in new and creative ways. He utilized the structure of the Jewish synagogues to share his message, but he moved beyond it and into the highways and byways of everyday life to preach the good news. Some of his greatest miracles came not from planned events, but rather from creative, flexible adaptation to whatever was happening around him. He was clearly unafraid to move forward boldly and with a laser-like sense of purpose. 
We may not always think of Jesus as being innovative in his ministry because we've heard the stories so many times that they seem ordinary to us. But in truth, he was thinking and acting way outside the box of his time. And everything that he did was focused on his mission to bring salvation. As you seek to unleash the gospel in your workplace, don't ever be afraid to be innovative, to be fresh, to try something new. A friend of mine who works for a large hospital approached her HR department to tell them that she was using a UTJ at Work healthcare roundtable as part of her DEI training. They were surprised, but when they talked it through, they realized that recognizing their employees' faith is a way of recognizing their diversity, and so they agreed. This was innovative on her part, and it also opened the door to more discussion about what diversity really means at this particular hospital. And as you go about being innovative, remember that your mission is no different from that of Jesus. You are all about the salvation of souls as well, not only your own, but those with whom you work. The good news is indeed good, and we who know the Lord are obligated to share him with others. May the Lord Jesus Christ inspire you to be innovative as you go about saving souls in your workplace. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success and ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.